Tell your neighbor, good evening, neighbor. Okay. If your neighbor did not greet you, look for another neighbor. Oh, yeah. Good evening, neighbor. <laughs> you can now ask the neighbor her name or his name. Or you can't be calling him neighbor. Hmm? Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, so how was work today? Okay. Some of us are prophesying. Okay, it was fine. It will be fine. It is well. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, I mean, I always look forward to Wednesdays because it's always an exciting time. It's just that sometimes it's better sitting down and, you know, taking notes and all that. So when you're here, it's a different, you know, altogether. So I'm not singing. I'm now having to share. Praise God. Um, we're in part 10, and um, a lot has been said in the past nine parts. I was just going through my notes, and I was able to just see these are my notes. I don't know. It might not be in everybody's notes. In part one, I wrote down, before, I think before we even started, I just wrote, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. You know, sometimes we think we know some things, but... God's wisdom is actually what we need, and that's what makes all the difference. I wrote down, I need wisdom. Then I continue to take down notes. I'm sure some of us might remember in uh, part one, says, arrogance will keep you in foolishness. You know, these are strong, strong things happening in Proverbs. We'll be wondering why they're using fool, why they're using stupid, but God is not mincing words. So we have to take precaution. It says wisdom and creativity are inseparable. I'm sure some of us can remember all this. It says wisdom and life are inseparable. Keep Jesus as a focus in our quest for wisdom. Every wise person has a father. Teach your children wisdom. I went on to talk about the purpose of Proverbs is to teach wisdom, discipline, understanding, and good judgment. There are two groups of people that can receive God's wisdom says the simple, the young. The simple, we have the innocent, we have the unassuming, the young, we have the um, those that are enthusiastic, optimistic, those are passionate and teachable. Part two, he says we should, this is my own note, ask God for wisdom. Then I started taking down notes. The source of wisdom is God. Jesus is the wisdom of God personified. Our famous channels of wisdom. By now, we should be dreaming about them. We know the channels of wisdom. We know it. I don't want to ask uh, mama, madam, mama. <laughs> so we have inspiration. We have instruction. Contemplation. We have books. Impartation. I must learn to be loyal to my destiny than any other relationship. When will I get wisdom? That was one of the questions that was asked. When will I get wisdom? It says, when I listen and treasure his commands. When I tune my ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. When I search for it as I would silver. A few benefits of wisdom. It says, wisdom will save me from evil. From evil people. 
Wisdom will save you from the immoral man or woman. Wisdom will keep you in the right path. Patrick went on to say, wisdom is the key to creativity. To be creative, I need God's kind of wisdom. Wisdom dwells in God's presence. This was very profound for me. Pastor said, um, many wealth and health problems, fulfillment and marriage problems are usually a wisdom problem. How many of us remember that? So when, you know, anytime I'm having anything, I say, are you sure you're, you're not lacking wisdom? That's why you're going through this thing. Go and find out the wisdom for this and get your solution. Then wisdom keys says long life and fulfillment. By storing up God's word in your heart, you get long life and fulfillment. Favor with God and man says loyalty and kindness. Divine direction. You have to trust in the Lord with all your heart. He will give you divine direction. For health, fearing God brings health to my body and bones. Wealth, giving to God the best of my produce. When you are mean and unkind, you are not wise. That one touched me. When you are mean and unkind, you are not wise. So anytime we are unkind, anytime we are mean, we are not wise. The wise are kind. I would like everybody to say that. The wise are kind. I am wise. I am kind. Okay, nice. I must not be mean-spirited. Giving attracts wealth. Wise people are helpful. Wise people are not evil. Wise people are not envious. Part four, we say wisdom is the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, and common sense. Information that is not retrievable is not usable. Wise people document things. Everybody repeats that. Wise people document things. So, I mean... If you're in class and your lecturer is teaching and you're not documenting, that means you are not wise. It's, we just said it now. So wise people document things. So we should make sure we are wise and we are documenting. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing I can do as a parent, as a business person, as a wife, etc., I must develop the habit of seeking wisdom. If I walk in wisdom, my today will be better than my yesterday, and my tomorrow will be better than my today. The springs of my life flow from what is flowing into my heart. One of the greatest things to do for myself is to control myself. We talked about control that day. My life will move in the direction that I am facing. Mark out a straight path for your feet, giving the word of God priority. Meditate upon it day and night. Part five said, you cannot be a passive Christian. I must be a good steward of all God has blessed me with. Wise people are not lazy. He has made us co-creators with him to bring glory to help and to help others. God has a strong and effective work ethic. Micromanaging is damaging to any business, even God's business. Wise people 
hate what God hates. Okay, let's repeat this one. Wise people hate what God hates. Wasting time is, waiting time is a preparation time. Jesus is our ultimate surety. Part 6 says, wisdom calls from the heights, crossroads, city and towns, entrance of the portals. Wisdom is crying out to me as far as I'm alive. Wisdom is as old as creation. Wisdom can be cultivated by spending time with the wise. We need to stop taking pride in our foolish decisions. Mm, that was strong. Then we have part nine. I cannot fight better than God. God demands equity. Integrity is the adherence to moral and ethical principles. It is the state of doing the right thing when no one is looking, even when we have a choice. We talked about the classes of integrity. We have physical, relational, emotional, professional, spiritual. Benefits of integrity. We have pro protection, security, guidance, blessings, transforms, integrity, projects, rewards, and leaves a legacy. As I follow the teaching of the Lord, I will become the target of God's blessing. I must set my heart on integrity, and he will guide me. On the right path. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I think we should put our hands together for Jesus because he has taught us so much, so much. And God has been faithful. So we'll go straight to part nine, part 10. We just finished reading from one to nine now. So I'm sure we have our outlines. So if this is your first time in Tribe, you, you should have an outline where you'll be filling out the blank spaces as much as you can. And also taking notes outside the blank spaces like I did from what I read. I'll read the open question. It says, um, can you mention the different categories of people mentioned from all our studies so far? Have you been able to identify yourself? After you answer that one, now says, so who are you? So who is going to be vulnerable for us? Can you mention the different categories of people mentioned from all of our studies, as much as you can remember? Hey, I have the mic today, <laughs> so I can point people. <laughs> okay, so who is going? Okay, who does he understand the question? It's not jam now. Okay, who does he understand the question? So I'll break it down again. It's clear now. We understand. Oh, yeah, Pastor K. <laughs> I saw Pastor K nodding his head. That means he agrees that, you know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, category of people, uh, we... We were clear that there were people that were that would be categorized as the simple, um, the simple people. Then there was the the foolish, and um, of course the wise people also. Um, so those ones I, I can I can identify. Okay, you can identify yeah. with those yes. ones. Okay, the ones you can't identify, call, just call. <laughs> uh, 
I don't want to say words out of what we learned, but you know, generally people can be categorized in a lot. I'm saying okay. going by the text, okay. going by what we've learned. Okay. There is the simple, clearly. There is the wise. There are the foolish. Uh, there are the prudent. Yes, prudent. Yes, thank you very much. Okay, so there's the prudent. So I can hand over the exactly, mic to exactly Pastor Lamine. Pastor Lamine. <laughs> He has finished it. Okay, so maybe you repeat it then. <laughs> he has finished it. Does anybody have any other thing to add? Okay. There are other questions now. So it says, um, have you been able to identify yourself? So who are you? Debbie was raising her hands. Praise God. Hallelujah. Identified myself in a lot of the personalities that have been shared. I've seen, by God's grace, the times that I've taken wise decisions. I've seen the times that I've also taken foolish decisions. I've seen the times that I've been simple, which is not exactly good. You know, I have seen um, wickedness defined differently and goodness defined, you know, differently. So I've identified those bits and I've seen. The things about myself I need to change so that I can always be wise. Praise great, Lord. great, great. Please let's clap for her. Clap for her. Thank you very much. Does any person want to add one more while we move on? Okay, so thank you very much. I, I as we go on, I've you know found out a lot of things, you know, about myself that I need to work on. I need to work on. A lot of assumptions that we can just live by. But when we hear the word of God, the word of God is a mirror that shows us who we really are. That you are not all that. You are not all that. And Jesus is all that. Jesus is everything. Praise God. Okay, please, um, let's read our text. Our text is um, Proverbs 12 from verse 1 to 28. Okay. It says... To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. The Lord approves of those who are good, but he condemns those who plan wickedness. Wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. A worthy wife is a crown for her husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. The plans of the godly are just. The advice of the wicked is treacherous. The words of the wicked are like murderous ambush, but the words of the godly save lives. The wicked die and disappear, but the family of the godly stands firm. A sensible person wins admiration, but a warped mind is despised. Better to be an ordinary person with a servant than to be self-important but have no food. The godly care for their animals, but the wicked are always cruel. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, 
but a wise person stays calm when insulted. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked. TMM. But the wicked. But the. No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. Work hard and work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch. But the diligent make use of everything they find. The way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. Praise God. Hallelujah. May the Lord add more and more blessings to his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, we'll move straight on. I have a definition here for Proverbs. You can just feel out as I read. It says, Proverbs gives, gives us the wisdom of God on how to deal with life situations and in dealing with believers and, that should be and, non-believers. Okay? It shows us godly wisdom that the world does not know. We can't learn godly wisdom from the world. We are reading God's heart from every situation. Praise God. Praise God. Are we together? Should I take it again? Okay. Proverbs gives us the wisdom of God on how to deal with life situations and in dealing with believers and non-believers. It shows us godly wisdom that the world does not know. We can't learn godly wisdom from the world. We are reading God's hearts for every situation. So I'm sure we got that now. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, um, in Proverbs, we have God's heart speaking to us concerning how we should deal, how we should live, how we should relate with our brothers, our um, unbeliever friends and believers alike. We have clear instructions on how we should live. Um, for this chapter, I broke it down into um, three categories. The first one, we're going to be looking at kindness versus wickedness. Kindness versus wickedness. Second one, wisdom versus foolishness. And the third one, hard work versus laziness. Praise God. Okay, I believe we're together. Kindness versus wickedness, wisdom versus foolishness, hard work versus laziness. Okay, so I will start with verse 2. We'll look at verse 2. 
the Passion Translation. I'll read. If CMM can put it up, I'll read from my notes. It says, if your heart is right, favor flows from the Lord, but a devious heart invites his condemnation. The Life Application Version says, a good man obtains favor from the Lord, from the Lord, but the Lord condemns a crafty man. That crafty caught my attention. So I had to, I mean, there are so many words we say that we don't really know how deep they are. So I just said, let me go check what, how, why is God really angry with a crafty person? Say condemns, condemns, condemn is also another strong one. A crafty man. You have space there to write out who is a crafty person. Who is a crafty person? I'll read what is in my notes here. It says, someone who achieves what they want in a clever way, often deceiving people. Someone who achieves what they want in a clever way, often deceiving people. Then, some other similar words to crafty. We have cunning, we have scheming, we have devious, we have sharp, tricky, subtly deceitful. He is skilled in deception. God condemns craftiness. Praise God. Sometimes when they tell you you are sharp, before you accept the compliment, you have to think about which sharpness now. Is it straight sharpness or crooked sharpness? We can see sharp there amongst the thing that is one of the words describing a crafty person. And God condemns a crafty person. God expects us to be straightforward. He wants our yes to be yes, our good morning to actually be good morning, our good evening to actually be good evening. Is that serious? Some people can tell you good morning and you, you, you'll be so scared to accept it because you're not sure if it's morning or not. Because they are skilled. We can see the description. They are skilled. They, they know how to do this thing. They are, they are, they are very slimy in their speech. Then we have in our notes there, to counter it, it's already written. We should be open. We should be simple. We should be frank. We should be innocent. We should be ethical. We should be honest. We should be candid. Just be open. You know? The, I mean, you meet some people and they have shifty eyes. Their eyes can't settle. You know, things are always happening. You know, you know, runs, runs. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> just be simple. Just be simple. Be open. God condemns it. 
So no matter how maybe your friends are praising, hey, sharp man, sharp man, sharp man. God is not healing you. You have to be clear on what you're doing. Let your, your, your business, whatever it is you're doing, let it be ethical. Let God be the one healing you. Let him approve of everything that you are doing. Praise God. Then we have verse, um, move on to verse 3. stream okay says um, wickedness never brings stability in bracket there I have steadiness securedness safety solidity but the godly have deep roots then the um, good news version says wickedness does not give security but righteous people stand firm okay so I'll just read my notes here. It says, the roots of the godly will never be put to an end. For we have eternal life. And our reward will not be taken away. Praise God. Um, there are some things we, we need to understand. that Everything that we do here doesn't end here. Everything, the life we're living doesn't end here. So, whatever we are doing has an eternal connection. But the Bible says that wickedness never brings stability. If you can just imagine, okay, maybe where I'm on this stage and the support of this side is off and the one at the back is also off. Oh, let's not go too far. Just on your seat there. You're sitting very comfortably and you just realize that one side, the two legs of your seat are off. What is going to happen? Your eyes will be up. You are like this. You are, you know, I mean, the Bible says that wickedness never brings stability. The wicked is always unstable insecure nothing just seems to balance while the righteous one the godly one is planted and secure for eternity so if we see a lot of instability in our lives we need to check and we learned that Wickedness is not just wickedness alone. Because when we hear wickedness, ah, me, I'm not wicked. But we found out that wickedness and disobedience and foolishness, they are all in the same category. So we should ensure that we are realigning our life to ensure that our lives are planted in God and firm in him. Praise God. Praise God. Are we cold? We should answer and I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm getting blessed. Like I said, I always look forward to, to receiving from God. And God is always faithful. Praise God. Okay. So, we'll move on. Verse 5 to 6. 
Okay. The plans of the godly are just. The, wise, the advice of the wicked is treacherous. The words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush, but the words of the godly save lives. Verse 26 says, the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Hmm. So, I think I have a question here. It says, uh, okay, just a comment. It says, be careful who you open up your life to. Be careful who you open up your life to. That means um, we have godly friends. Then we have friends that pretend to be godly. But by the time they advise you, you find out that this person is not what he or she actually portrays himself to be. So I said there are two types of friends. Which are you? Two types of friends. Which are you? We have the godly. We have the wicked. So you can fill it out. We have the godly. We have the wicked. So the godly give good advice. While the wicked lead astray. The godly give good advice. While the wicked lead you astray. So I'll be reading the meaning of treacherous. It says, involving betrayal, deception, disloyal, false-hearted, untrue, untrustworthy, backstabbing, double-dealing, undependable. That's the meaning of treacherous. So that means you can have someone so close to you that you think is a friend, but the Bible says they give treacherous advice. So the question is, how do you feel after that advice? Do you feel encouraged? Because you say, ah, how will I know which of my friends is treacherous? How will I know? They are all my friends now. They are all my friends. What benefits do you have from that friend? Every time you are with a friend, you are, you are, the advice makes your situation worse. The advice puts you in more trouble. Pastor <laughs> Lavender is laughing. What kind of friend is that? I'm not the one that said it to. The person is wicked. Say wicked. I don't know. Wicked and friend don't really go, but a wicked person acting as your friend. On the other hand, the word of the godly saved lives, provide solution, bring direction, illumination, simplicity, and clear direction for solution. So we must be wise. The words of the ungodly leave you worse than you came. That's how you'll be able to identify. If you finish an advice with somebody and you are worse, you feel more discouraged. 
you wanted to jump down the step, you feel like even going higher and jumping more. Because that means your case, they have made you see your case is hopeless. I mean, I, I thank God, um, I may not have too many friends, but, and you are the one that should choose your friends. You have to choose the access into your life. You know, some people are, every, everybody's their friend. The good, the bad, the ugly, all. You have to choose your friends, you know. I mean, I'm happy with the kind of people I've allowed to enter into my space because of the kind of encouragement that I've been receiving, the kind of clarity. I mean, oh, I was faced with such a mountain and the person said, ah, did you look well? You know, in that mountain, there's a door. Just push like this. Just do like this. And I say, wow. So this mountain is not impossible to surmount. So please surround yourself. And don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. When you find out that this person is not helping my, my future and my destiny in God, just bless them. Always bless them. Bless them, but keep them away from your, I mean, having access into you. Because somebody can say a word and, I mean, you can just be taken off. You, you might not even want to come to church again. See, if this is how this life is, I think I should, I was better off at home. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So, there's a big question there. What kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are you? You have to ask yourself, what kind of friend are you? If you don't have any godly advice to, keep, to give, I think it's better to keep quiet. If you don't know what to say, you can bring them. So, okay, let me take you. We have... We have um, 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 Pastor Ayabami, she, let me bring you to her so that she can encourage you. Don't form encouragement and you scatter somebody's life. So what kind of friend are you? Praise God. Okay. So, um, let's read verse 25. Okay. Says, um, worry weighs a person down and an encouraging word cheers the person up. Praise God. It's very clear. Um, I was reading about um, um, a, a preacher that was saying, one of his friends, I think a doctor mentioned to him that 80% of illnesses are caused by anxiety. Only anxiety. We can say um, maybe fear. The fear of the sickness. The sickness hasn't come. Just fear brings sickness. It says 80% of illnesses are caused by anxiety. Then 80% of the things that we worry about don't happen. So it's just a waste of energy. 
waste of strength because to even be anxious, you need energy. Then he also said, in contrast, it takes 15 positive comments to make up for one negative comment. Hmm, I'll take that again. It takes about 15 positive comments to make up for one negative comment. We need to be encouraging one another, exhorting one another, and edifying one another by giving a good word. Tell your neighbor a good word. Okay, the good word has to be a real word now. So say something good to the person. Say something, try. Say something now. Some people are not talking. Say something nice. I like your shirt, sir. I like the blue and yellow combination. Talk to somebody now. See somebody behind you. So, that's nice. Nobody said anything about me. But I know I am God's masterpiece. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm blessed. A good word. A good word. So we saw, it says, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers the person up. We should be that agent of change. We should not hold back good things. When we see bad things, ah, did you see that her K leg? You won't even think about it. Okay, the K leg had a fine shoe now. You see, she has such beautiful shoes. Good word. Good word. Some of us, our mouth, even when you have seen something good, to even say it. Am I not looking good? You're not bad, Sha. You're not bad. You can't just say it. You're looking good. You know? So we have to train ourselves to have a good word. Our word should be good. Because you don't know what that person is going through. You know? You don't know. The person may have heard so much negative and maybe somebody has never told the person, but the person is condemning herself or himself. The voices in the person are so loud that there's nothing good inside me. Then somebody says something good. Wow. So we should know that that good word can bring change to somebody's life. And even when we are saying it to somebody, we are even receiving a blessing for being a blessing. Praise God. A good word, good word, good word. When we close today, find good words to tell people. Let it just flow. Let it be natural. Say good things. Cheer people up. Cheer people up. You know, cheer people up. I remember um, I shared it before. I, I, I went to visit a friend and her sister in the hospital. Everywhere, you know, hospital temperature. Everybody's just sad. I said, I want to allow this cloud of heaviness to weigh me down. I went there smiling. What is this one smiling in the hospital? 
I said, I'm not coming here to frown. I'm smiling. I have Jesus. And it is well. This sickness will go. So people should cheer up. You know. And just having that positive courage. Instead of the gloominess to make me gloomy. By the time I was going by God's grace, people were laughing. People were smiling. People were hopeful. That, hey, I will come out of this. I will come out of this. Praise God. Okay. So, verse 7. So, let's just take, we're running out of time now. Let's take 7. Let's take 10. Okay. The wicked die and disappear, but the family of the godly stands firm. Yes, go on. The godly care for their animals, but the wicked are always cruel. Hmm, this is interesting. Some of us hate animals. Even the animals know that you hate them. Yeah. I mean, we had an uncle that every time when we're growing up, anytime the dog is he's passing the dog, he's angry. Because the man hates the dog. And the man eats dogs too. So maybe, yes, you know, some part of Nigeria eats dog. Yeah. And it's like the dog knew that this man has a plan for him. You know? So, I mean, our wickedness has even extended to animals. I'll just use an illustration. I mean, sometimes they say when you want to get married to someone, go and check how he treats his sisters. Go and check how he treats his mother. You know, how does he relate with them? Is he kind? Whatever you see there, that's what you will get. So it's not magic. What you see is what you will get. So God is even interested in animals. Why not just leave the dog alone? Why do you now have to stone it? Why? Why? There was one um, um, video going online. I think they say, um, I've forgotten this, the, what the statement was. But they just showed a man. The dog thought the man was just passing. I don't know who has seen that video. You have seen it. What will you make about that? The man just slapped the dog. How? <laughs> so I, I, I think there's something from the inside <laughs> that he needs to resolve. It's not the dog that is his problem. <laughs> Praise God. <sighs> Amen. All right, so let's read um, 20 and 22. Okay? It says, Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning good. 22. Say, God hates liars, but is pleased with those who keep their word. Do you keep your word? We should hate what God hates. Okay, that's part of my note. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> that one, do you keep your word? I'm the one that said that one. Then we should hate what God hates. Do you keep your word? When I was preparing this, I just remember, because I'm very slow to promise. I don't, I don't promise. Because a promise, 
you know, it's, it's your bond. So when I promise, I know I have promised. So you cannot come and tell me I promise. You cannot force a promise on me because I know what I have said. As we were preparing this, I just remembered something I said I will, I will give to someone. I, I said I will give her um, a power bank. She's here. She, she's sitting, sitting there. I have planned to give you the power bank. I have charged it. I've been looking for the wire. But I've made up my mind to bring it to you so that you can find the wire. (laughs) You know, when you are reading the word of God, you are coming to preach to people. You are preaching to yourself. Say, keep your word. Do you keep your word? Have you kept your word? You told somebody something. Have you done it? That was what came to my mind. I said, hey God, I'm sorry. You know, you know me now. You know our plans. You know what I wanted to do. You know. And that brings me to another point. Being innocent. You can relate with God and God, you know, can connect with you also. You can call on your innocence because God sees you true and true that this is actually what you meant. This is actually what you did. There's no why you inside. This is what you did. You know. Praise God. Okay. Alright. So, where are we? Wisdom versus foolishness. Okay, so I think it's time to start running now. I hope we are being blessed. I'm being blessed. I'm being blessed. Praise God. All right. So, um, Proverbs 1 and 5. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Okay? Praise God. Okay. So, I have a definition for um, to learn here. It says to gain or acquire knowledge or a skill in study, experience, or being taught. Then I have definition for discipline, a way of training someone so they learn to control their behavior and obey. I hope they're projecting, okay, and obey the rules. Okay, then are we together? I hope I'm not too fast. The Lord is your muscle. Okay. So, definition for stupid. Hey. I don't know if anybody has looked up stupid before. When I looked it up, I said, hi, man. God, you, you put this thing on. Say stupid. Hmm. Having or showing a great lack of intelligence or common sense. Then other words for it. I had to stop. There were plenty. Ignorance. Dense, dull, mindless, brainless, foolish. Hmm. Can we read? Let's read verse 1 again. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Wow. A lot of us don't like correction. We don't like correction because we know it all. Hmm? 
Verse 15 says, stupid people always think they are right. Wise people listen to advice. To be wise, you have to learn to listen. You have to learn to listen. I, I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if my husband will remember, but I mean, I felt like somebody that they had caught, you know, you just open the pot and you want to collect the meat and you are caught. That was how I felt because he was trying to correct me. And I said, as, I mean, I was adjusting myself. I said, I'm right. He said, that is the problem. That is the problem. Because you cannot see that you are wrong. Ha, I said, this is tough. So in my mind, I was saying, so I have to accept that I'm wrong. Hmm. Stupid people always think they are right. Ah. This one hits me. Wise people listen to advice. When we keep insisting on our way, something is wrong. We can't always be right. Only you. In the whole room here, you are right. Everybody's wrong. It's not possible. So God wants us to change our ways. Some of us, we are always right. You can't always be right. Sometimes even when you think you're right, still keep quiet. Still keep quiet. You will still learn something. See, I mean, please put up um, verse 8 and um, 16. Verse 8 and 16. See, I'm, I'm... Verse 8 and 16. Okay, verse 8 and verse 16. Okay, so let me move on. Verse 8, uh, my note here says, Foolish people do not attract people because they have nothing to offer. They have nothing to offer. Verse 16 um, my um, note here says, we also have Proverbs 15 verse 1. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. If you have verse 16, you can put it up. If you don't have, we're moving on. Verse 16. Okay, Proverbs 15 verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. I wanted to read verse 16. Do you have verse 16 of Proverbs 12? Okay. Are we together? It says, um... A gentle answer turns away wrath. Verse 16. Okay, this is verse 8. A sensible person wins admiration, but a warped mind is despised. I've already made the note there. It says, um, foolish people do not attract people because they have nothing to offer. Let's go to verse 16. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Uh, we read Proverbs 15 verse 1. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. You know, and uh, in my notes here, I said, answer slowly and quietly. Some of us, our mouth moves faster than typewriter. 
answer slowly and quietly. Your positive response will achieve positive results. Please, let's repeat that. My positive response will achieve positive results. Okay. So let's read um, verse 23. The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. All right. My notes, I said, wise people are not loud, boastful, obnoxious. Wise people are confident in who they are. Wise people are sought after. Fools lack self-esteem. So in their noise, they feel they are wise. Everyone else can see their folly except the fool himself. Hmm. Hard work versus laziness. Um, Verse 11 and 14. Praise God. I hope we are following. I know I'm fast. My time is up. Okay. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. Wise words bring benefits, and hard work brings reports. Say, you cannot achieve real prosperity without hard work. Shortcuts cut your life short. Hmm. From the life application, it says, from the fruits of his lips, a man is filled with good things, and as surely as as surely as the work of his hands reward him. Praise God. Here, I just want to emphasize a bit. Let your speech be regulated by God's word. Most times, we, um, we are actually going to walk, but we have, our mouth has scattered it already. Let what we say align with what we are believing God for and what we are doing. I don't think this thing is going to succeed. But you are going there. You are going there. You could have as well stayed at home. Because you are using your mouth to just scatter everything that if God was even sending angels to open for you, you are turning everything upside down. If it's not the word... If it's not in alignment with the word of God, don't say it. So we can see that what we constantly say is what rules our life. We should choose today to speak right words. Tell yourself, I will speak right words. I will speak right words. Then the last thing I said there was, so... Say what you mean and never joke against the word of God. Some, some of the jokes we joke, we joke ourselves out of the word of God. Don't joke jokes that you are condemning yourself, you are canceling the word of God over your life. Say it's a joke. It can't be a joke because the power of life and death is in your tongue. So why not speak life? Speak life over your situation. Don't say it's a joke. Because when things start happening, it will not be a joke. Because you've already declared it. You've already proclaimed it. Your, 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 your voice has released it. And we are learning so much in this season about prophesy. Don't prophesy contrary things to your future. 
As far as your mouth can open, open it and say good things. You don't have to see it physically, but you can call it forth. And it will come to pass in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.